tell us who's at the table today. Well, I tell you, we are just excited to have three top-notch uh, Generation Alpha gurus, if you please. Uh, we, we're covering the gamut, again, of our church structure. Um, we have with us from the North American Division, the Children's Ministries Director, uh, Sherry Urig, who is here with us. Um, I've, I, had, I have the privilege of working with her, and she is a dynamite um, Children's Ministries leader, but she understands children. She loves children, and she <laughs> eats, sleeps, dreams to her. So we're excited to have her here. We also have with us um, a colleague of mine, well, we were colleagues when I was in the South Central Conference, but she is there, the senior pastor of the First Church uh, of Seventh-day Adventists in Springfield, Tennessee. She is uh, a, a um, video uh, online. Uh, she has her own show herself online, but she's also a parent and a pastor. So she, we're going to get that perspective from from uh, Tina Carragher, who is here with us, Karinga, who's here with us. And we also have with us the Children's Ministries Director from the Southeastern Conference in Southeastern. Florida. Southeastern. Uh, shout it out, shout it out. Southeastern yes, Florida. We are so glad to have Pierre Francois with us. Also a parent of, Gen of uh, Generation Alpha. So we are going to really get to the heart of the discussion today. All right. Well, hey, let's have a word of prayer. Let's jump in. And uh, Dr. Henry, would you uh, would start us off, man? Let's pray. Oh, Father, we are so grateful for the opportunity to learn more and how to better minister to our people. And we ask God that as we begin this discussion this afternoon, that you will bless, that you will give us a lot of engagement from our viewers so that we can be effective in Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. Well, before we jump to that first question, Pastor Tina, we've been doing this for the past three weeks or so, or two weeks. Um, we, You had a little introduction there, but we're going to give you 30.7 seconds to tell our audience anything that you think they ought to know about you that we didn't cover. And your 30 point seconds, 30 point, what did I say? Seven seconds? Start <laughs> now. Go for it. My Lord, my heart is racing with the timer. <laughs> Uh, so my name is Pastor Tina Carragher. I pastor the first Seventh-day Adventist church in Springfield, Tennessee. Not the second one. <laughs> yeah, not the second one. <laughs> the first one. The first one. <laughs> All right. You good? They're, 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 I'm good. You gave me 35 seconds. So oh, okay. There it was in 10 seconds. <laughs> got it. Dr. Sherry, we're passing it to you. You've got, we're going right. to... Give so you. does that mean I get some of Tina's seconds? <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. You got it. You got 40.78 seconds. Well, hello, everybody. It's good to uh, be here, especially talking about this subject, which I'm very passionate, passionate about, especially these alpha generation, as some people call them. They are right now at the age where they want to and have a desire, and it's in their DNA to say yes to Jesus. Come on. And so we are here to disciple this generation to make a huge difference in this world. Awesome, hey. awesome, awesome. All right, Pastor Pierre-Francois, you've got 20 point. He's a preacher, so I'm, I'm saying he's a preacher, preacher. I know, I'm playing, I'm playing. <laughs> you got 30 well, seconds, man. Go I'm going to start like this. As I close, or before <laughs> I take my seat. <laughs> uh, 
Well, I am. I am. Yes, I'm the I'm the parent of two uh, Gen Alpha uh, uh, kids. And I'm not here to share. I'm here to learn because I don't know what to do with them since we're locked in <laughs> home today. <laughs> yes. Say that, Pat. Say that. Tell me what to do with these kids. Oh, can I jump in right quick? I, I do want to say that uh, go, going back to your uh, so about the whole guru thing, you know, I, I am uh, uh, like Pastor Francois. You know, I am a not a children's pastor, but I do have I passed. I am a pastor who has children. So definitely not a guru. Uh, I, I just know from my kids perspective. All right. That sounds great. Well, we're so glad to have each of you on the show, on the program today. Um, before I start with the first question, I'm going to ask our audience, those of you who are watching, I, I mentioned it earlier. I know some of some more of you have joined since I said it. I'm going to say it one more time and I'm going to say it a little different. If you have somebody that you can recall was instrumental in shaping your formative years when you were in this age group of these alphas, and we're going to tell you what that age group is, but somebody in your young, younger years was just so instrumental, somebody besides a parent, we want you to shout that name out in the text. If you just type that, who was that youth leader, that choir director, that usher, children's usher leader, the children's ministry leader, pathfinder director, adventurers director, who was that person that just had a huge impact on you? We want you to type that in the chat, whether you're on Facebook or whether you're on YouTube. Uh, we want to give them some love this afternoon as we jump in. So here we go. Number one, first question out of the gate. We know to our guests, we know that there are sociologists, educators, marketers create names and profiles for the different generations, um, such as builders, boomers, Gen Xers, millennials, um, Gen Zers, and now alphas. Um, what is the missional value, if there is any, what do you think is the missional value that these designations and profiles have to the Seventh-day Adventist Church? Why are they doing it? What's the point? Is it helpful? Well, it is helpful to listen to research. And even if it is marketing research, it is helpful because they're doing all the research of projecting where the next generation is going. And so we can look at that and say, now, how does that translate to church or how does that translate missionally to uh, leading our children to make a decision, first of all, to follow Jesus and then what to do with that afterwards? And I, I could see that, Pierre, you had something to say. Well, uh, uh, this is the most marketed generation of all time. They're wow. going after these kids and they can't read yet. <laughs> and yet they're being marketed to. They don't even know what the product is, but they identify it. And somehow money disappears out of my pocket to oh, purchase yes. the product <laughs> that they don't even know how to use. Yes. <laughs> or apps that they yes. don't that they, they, they don't know how to use. And so. Yes. So, yeah, there's a lot of information. There's a lot of information that's that's out there that is useful to know at least. I, I need to know how my enemy thinks so that I know how to prepare myself. Uh, additionally, I, I need to know what's effective for them so that we know how to reach them with a just cause. And that is the gospel. You know, I, I, I want to piggyback off of uh, Pastor Francois because uh, I think it was a couple of years ago I created some children's Bible studies for this particular age group. Because uh, when my kids were making decisions for uh, giving their hearts to Jesus and looking at what was out there, 
uh, either either A, things were, you know, for much older kids or B, there was a lack of representation. But one of the things that I had to wrestle with in terms of the marketing aspect is, you know, we have to just like the secular companies dumb down their products in order for our kids to receive them. You know, we have to be able to uh, I don't want to say dumb down, but make it bite sized so that they can. Uh, be able to receive what God would have for them to receive. And if we put as much effort hmm. into making it, uh, making our the, the gospel and our beliefs attainable for their age group, which is possible, they will actually receive that. The, uh, the, the world puts effort into that. We also have to do the exact same thing. You know what? I, I, I like what you said, you know, um, putting effort into the product putting effort and making sure that uh, once we create that product or once we create um, that ministry, that we take time to do it so that our young people can understand and gravitate towards that. I, I think that's an excellent point that you made. Um, just a follow up on this question. How do we do that? Like what? I mean, how do we do that? How do we take that effort to really understand how to make this gospel um, appealing for our uh, young generation? I think that the first thing that we have to do is be willing to change. Mm -hmm. uh, we have done ministry a certain way for so long, but it's, it's not the same way anymore now. In fact, now um, we have a ministry like we've never had before. We have a whole generation of children that do not know what it's like mm -hmm. before technology. Wow. I mean, they are in technology. And so uh, we have to be willing to make that change. And a lot of people are not willing, saying that our children need to learn the way we learned. And uh, But that's not the case because that's not the way they're wired. Yes, there are some things that they need to, that our kids still need like generations of children. We need to go outside and play. That is something that's very important. And uh, we need to go into God's second book, which is nature. Uh, but there is still that technology piece that we need to understand. Mm -hmm. And we need to know how to use it wisely in order to reach this generation of children. Not necessarily um, uh, immerse ourselves and our programs are only about technology, but we do need to understand what they're talking about when they say, uh, when they talk about the um, the game Fortnite. What does that mean? What, what is that? What is that? And so we need to understand uh, technology from their point of view too. If I may, if I may say so, I also think along with change, uh, going back to that investment, like. Mm -hmm. Disney spares no expense. <laughs> Kellogg's and General Mills, they spare no, Mattel, they spare no expense. And it's going to cost a great, because that's what we're competing against. Mm -hmm. Our kids are looking at those things. That's where they're coming to us and asking us for our money. So that, like, they, they are sparing no expense. And we can't do this cheaply. The reality is it's going to cost money. And, uh, and, it, and we struggle with, uh, placing our dollars into situations like that. Can I can I chime in on that? So I went to this um, ministry convention, and there was this uh, uh, youth youth minister who was uh, presenting, and it was somewhere around April, and he said, uh, um, uh, by a show of hands, how many of you um, are already have your Memorial Day weekend program planned? 
and a few hands went up. He says, well, how many of you have your 4th of July um, program planned? And maybe one or two hands. And these, you're talking about a hall that held maybe four or 5,000 people. He says, well, how many of you have your back to school planned? And nobody raised their hand. You know, how many of you have your have your Labor Day? And he just kept going down the list till he got to Christmas. And then he looked around. He says, oh, you guys are rookies. Mm-hmm. He says, because the movie industry has your children's curriculum planned out for the next eight to 10 years. Absolutely. Contracts have wow. already been signed. Mm-hmm. Budgets have already been allocated. The location has already already been set. The, the, the script is being finalized and they know every single step. They're about to usher your children down spiritualism, usher wow. them down all kinds of all kinds of manner of uh, doctrine that you don't agree with. They're wow. ready. Why mm-hmm. aren't you ready for the stuff that's coming down a couple months from now? Mm-hmm. Wow. 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 That's, that's, that's so interesting. I, uh, but let me ask you now, what, so what ages are we talking about now? I mean, we, we just said young people. What are the ages that we're talking about? This alpha generation. What are the characteristics? So the alpha generation was born in two, uh, 2010. So that means that they're about nine or 10 years old right now. The oldest of the alpha generation, if that is the designation that they're going to keep. They don't come of age until 2020 to 2000. Right now, they're coming of age up until 2030. So um, I'm sure that that name will change uh, when we uh, see exactly where they're headed, though we can project right now that they're definitely headed out of this world with technology because it just exploded in 2010. So uh, the alpha designation may not stay they may be called the generation the robot generation because uh, that is where they're headed awesome. and and uh, j- just to add to that we don't know where the cutoff is um right. we don't know for distinctly hindsight is 2020 where yeah. we start to see the change in the the changes in behavior uh to distinguish them from the the uh gen zers so could it be 2010, could it be 29, 2009? And really, that's 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 of no real uh, value. The, 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 real, the, the real value is to know that this group is distinct. This group mm-hmm. is unique. And we cannot assume our former success will give us future success. That's yeah. right. That's right. Those numbers are very fluid in no matter what generational study or era you're in. They're very fluid. But you're right. Very distinct. And it's. I would even um, I just wonder if we're having a great big, huge culture shift right now. Right now. That's with right. This generation, yeah. because this is just amazing what they are being born into and being gifted with. Hey, 20, 2020 is going to be a, a, a marker <laughs> for yeah. something somewhere along the way. And nothing been like 2020. Right. Wow. I, mean, even, I think even for all the, all the generations, we have five generations that are living right now. And uh, every one of those generations are being challenged uh, by 2020 because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And uh, the alpha generation is the question. The question for me is, as a as a leader in this church or as a leader of young people, um, what is what is so unique about this alpha generation um, that that we we may be missing? Um, I, you talked a little bit about what uh, the way we grew up, um, the Gen Xers and the Boomers, and we can't use that same. Um, 
um, ideology with the alpha generation? What are some of the characteristics um, that we need to think about other than just technology? Because there are many things that are set, setting them aside. What are some of the other things we need to look at for this alpha generation? Well, like the Gen Zers and, and Pierre, I, I'll, I'll hand it right over to you. Like the Gen Zers, you know, their personality was defined as dominant and pessimistic. And I, I do believe that uh, last time that we talked, we heard some of that. And that's not a negative at all not a negative and we'll probably talk about that more with this with this generation but this generation picks up on that picks on that dominance and that pessimistic uh attitude or that uh personality pierre i know that you had something really good to say <laughs> uh so so my my kids my kids gave me i guess uh, uh validation of of what i've read about this generation they they don't care for scripted anything. They get marketed to so hard that that they're that 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 they're they don't want a prepackaged a a a canned uh, uh, approach. They don't want a one size fits all. They need they need something that's authentic. So right. uh, I remember I, I, we thought it was just like major upgrade when we got cable and we got <laughs> Disney Channel. And Disney Channel was a premium channel at the time. And so so this was just like awesome when I was a kid. But with with my kid, my kids don't watch television like ever, mm. ever to the point where we there's no there's no there's no TV service in my house because nobody's watching. Mm. My kids will watch YouTube all day, every day. No script, wow. no lighting, no microphones, no nothing. It's just it's just reality TV, whether it's a kid with the phone or an adult with the phone doing doing whatever it is that they're doing. That's what that's what attracts them. And it's interesting. They want authentic. They want because they've been hit so hard with with scripted and canned everything. They don't want that. So imagine the implication of, from ministry when when if we come with them with a, 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 a scripted approach, if we come with a canned approach and 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 all of our all of our answers seem like uh, uh, a fantasy world of spirituality instead of a, this is a hard decision kind of reality. If you don't wow. present a realistic approach, they're going to tune you out quickly. Mm. Wow. Mm. Wow. Tina, I know that you have some uh, no. alphas there too. <laughs> we saw one last night. One of the alphas there last night as we were doing our production thing. What do you think about all of this? You know, I, I mean, are your children the typical alpha generation, or are they, um, you know, different? No, I think I think I agree with everything that Pastor Francois is saying. Um, you know, my kids also are, and it makes literally no sense to me. They, you know, YouTube and I'm like, why are you watching someone playing with slime? Like what in the world? Why are you just drifting off into the land of just slime videos? Like it, 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 I mean, that's what they're there. That's what they're zoned into. He's right. Uh, they don't want anything uh, canned. They want <laughs> what they deem to be real. Um, and though it makes no sense to me, it it keeps them entertained. They, I don't have cable either, but I sure enough have the Disney Plus app, and uh, they are just like all into that as well. So I'm still, I mean, I have a nine year old, 
I have a six-year-old, had to think there for a moment, and then uh, and then I have a three-year-old. And so I am learning a whole lot during this time. Hey, I heard that Slime Kid was a millionaire already. The, the Slime, the, yeah. the YouTube yeah. channel where they're just yeah. doing slime stuff. Oh, yeah. Kid, millions of dollars just because your kids are watching <laughs> Millions of, and, and took, millions of subscribers uh -huh. yes. and millions of views per video. Yes, wow. it, it literally makes no sense. And then they want to try to recreate that joint at home. They want to <laughs> make the slime. Do you know how many blazers I have ruined because these kids oh, want to try Lord. to make some slime? I'm just saying. My Lord, my Lord. I have, well, a, so, nephew. I have a nephew who is, um, who is big into TikTok. But uh, his g his dream job is to be a TikTok uh, uh, producer. Oh my! Is, he is okay. not looking to be a rapper. He's not looking. He's going to be a TikTok because he's going to make money from there. I'm like, my goodness, you know. So, so that's what our alphas are looking at right now. So, so my question now is: with all of this knowledge, um, we know that the marketeers are out there and they're marketing um, some uh, theories and perspectives that they want these alphas to have. How do we, as a church, now we we kind of have an understanding of what's happening out there and how these kids are fascinated with things that some of us actually, some of us even didn't even have when we were growing up. I'm telling my age now, right? <laughs> I mean, YouTube wasn't, <laughs> you know, but as a church now, as we minister. To the alphas, how does that information, what we just talked about, help us so that we can minister more effectively to our alpha generation? I think that Pastor Tina actually uh, has, you know, nailed it on the head when she was talking about um, the Bible studies for children this age group. Um, not having that, and so she created something like that because this age group of children are smarter younger mm -hmm. does that does that make wow. sense yep. yeah they yep. they know more than you and i probably know about technology at a younger age mm -hmm. uh, at their younger age and so um they're leaders these mm -hmm. these kids are leaders they need to be treated as leaders and and discipled as leaders mm -hmm. and uh, that that's just part of their their uh, dna and their personality is uh and I don't want to put pigeon everybody into a, a little box or anything, but this generation is showing themselves to be leaders, just like that person you were talking about, the slime one. I don't know if that's the same young man that already made his million dollars before he was five years old just by uh, un unpackaging toys and talking oh. about the toys, the newest toys wow. out there. Toy reviews, yeah. <laughs> yeah, toy reviews. I mean, is that amazing? Um, so yeah, YouTube is, is where our kids are at. <laughs> okay, I I I got to put this in there. I know you, I don't know if you were going to say something, Rod. I got to put this in there now. Um, Sister Sherry, you said <laughs> something. There, I, you said something there that just um, I mean, wow, I'm blown back with what you said. You said they need to be treated like leaders. Mm -hmm. I, I'm thinking of a nine year old, eight year old wow. being treated. What does that mean? They they could come to the church board. Does that mean they have to be, you know, if they're baptized, do they have now access into the business meeting? You got to let me know. Uh, how do we treat nine year old? Because you know, oh, some Sherry. people are very hesitant of that. <laughs> you know, some people are very hesitant. They're very, you know, you're a child. You need to stay. You know, a, what a child should be a child. But when I became a man, right, I put away childish things. So how do we treat them? Because I think that's an awesome concept. Come on, Sherry. 
That that is super awesome. And T Tina and Pierre, you can um, chime in too. Just look at last last week's presentation on the Gen Zers, and those kids were leaders that were there that were of the Gen Z generation. They were leaders, and then though that's who our alpha. Alpha generation is looking to as examples. That's right. And should they, you know, everything should be age appropriate, of course. We don't want our kids to grow up sooner than they need to. But should they be treated as leaders? You bet they should be. Wow. They should not have the menial jobs in our church, or they, sh or they should. You know, it's, it's like uh, maybe what I'm saying is they should not have just the unimportant jobs in our church. Mm -hmm. They will rise to that leadership when they, when we give them jobs of responsibility. Tina, like you and that. Pierre, you have, you are the gurus because <laughs> you have well, kids to sage. <laughs> well, I think the numbers, te the, the numbers uh, 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 testify for themselves that, that, that we, we have millionaires who are, who can't right. even drive a car, right. millionaires who cannot read Right. You follow me? But they are creating content. They're they're managing a brand. They're 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 they 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 they've mastered marketing. They know how they know what content is relevant to their audience. They know how to market and promote it. They they they've learned all of these skills. Not only that, they they they're surrounded by a tidal wave of information. So yes, at the moment's notice, um, he can't read. However, he can still fact check you because when he asks Siri, Siri will give him an answer. Yes. <laughs> Alexa will give him an answer. Yeah. You follow what I'm saying? So, 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 so their their potential um, has is outside of the paradigm that we used to measure progress. We we right. used to, you know, you had to be in a certain age to show maturity and by uh, you know pass a certain grade to show that you you've mastered a certain level of content. Well, some of the my son is doing computer programming now. He's still in middle school. You know, right. it's 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 the 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 whole game has changed. Right. And I think it's even worse now that we're in we're we're in a and I, I'm sure this is going into another question, but now that we're in a in, in 2020, uh, uh, we are in we're going we're going to walk right into this post uh, 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 pandemic world where we have taught we've taught a great number of parents and children we don't have to be in the building to learn, mm -hmm. which means I don't have to wait for the year to complete for me to pass this grade and go on to the next. There's going to be a certain acceleration of finishing school or forget school. I already mastered the skills. I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going. I'm going to go out into the world and become leaders now. Right. And we've got. We've got to embrace this potential. Right. This potential has all. It has always been here. Mm -hmm. So. So when he was 13, he could have helped you with content generation then. Mm -hmm. When she was 14, she could have been a member of the board helping you with with how to package and market to her generation mm -hmm. right now. You, we didn't need a focus group. You had a focus group sitting in your pews, bored. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> oh, my. That's a mic wow. drop moment. Um, let me chime <laughs> in on this thing. You know, I think that when you're talking about, uh, you know, leadership and discipleship, I really think that we as a church, especially um, the older that we get, we need to check our egos because what's really holding up the progress is us. 
Right. We want to be in control of everything. And then we think that they have to pass a certain type of standard before they can even try to do something. Mm-hmm. No, they're, they're, I mean, we, we went through a process. We have to allow them to go through the process as well. And yes, that does mean, I, I will never forget, uh, several years ago, probably over 10 years ago, I was sitting um, in a church business meeting and there were three kids, alpha, well, they wouldn't be alpha at deemed back then but the point is they were younger kids they were sitting in the church business meeting they were baptized in the church now according to our understanding of baptism when you are baptized you become a member of the church you have voting rights you have vote i'm gonna say that one more time you have voting rights when you become a baptized member of the church no matter what your age is so you have these kids sitting in a church business meeting and we're taking Mm. a vote over a building project Uh disenfranchised Wow. And so these kids decide that they want to take participate in the vote. And so the vote, because they raise their hands, ends up going into a direction that some of the members really don't want to go into because the kids are voting, too. And so they're upset. They're like, well, we don't believe that a kid that they're too young to understand well no because they're we took the time to introduce them to jesus we can take the time to introduce them to even this matter so no we're not going to dismiss their vote just because they're young no what we will do is we can help them to understand the conversation that's being presented before the church body so that they can make an informed decision and let me tell you something i'm learning with my kids is they are looking for opportunities to kind of be grown-ups so Mm. in order for them to be grown-ups they have to have have that experience that we have to teach them and train them. It's possible, but we got to move our egos out of the way. That is, that, that is so true. Wow. That is so true. When I, was, when I received a call um, from one side of the country to the other, I actually sat my son down and I actually gave him an opportunity to, to, to be a part of the decision. And um, I shared that with my mother, who is much older, you know, older than me, you know, a buster or boomer or whatever. Um, and she said to me she would have never thought about asking the child to be in on that kind of a de- decision. And uh, it blew my mind because I'm thinking, well, that's how we sh- shouldn't we have uh, included our children in the family planning or in, 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 in what happens or matters to the family. And I think that is something very unique about this generation is that not only should we do it for this generation, but this generation is asking that they be a part of the discussion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember, I remember there was a, a ministry event that I had um, at my church. My children, they, they're Generation Z, but they were like nine or eight or so. And um, I said, so I sat down with them and said, so what should I do? And they said, yeah, you need to get snacks for them. I said, snacks? Why do I need snacks? He said, daddy, kids like snacks. Get snacks. <laughs> so they have something to say. And I right. love it. Said, They're leaders. We got to yeah. put them in a position where they are able to give us their perspective on a particular way. I, I love this. Yes. I love it. Yes. Yes. You know, let me also say that I think that I don't know where this phobia came from of younger people but if we look at the bible biblically speaking (laughs) um god used a whole lot of young people i don't know where we think that you have to be father abraham's age and uh you know old as moses but the reality is that god was not afraid of calling and equipping and using young people and if we're wanting to be a, a biblical church then we need to not be afraid as well 
Wow. That is wow. that is true. That is true. Look, so, well, let, so, hold on. Let me make. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Go go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Pierre. Let me let me just make one more comment. Um, riding off of what uh, uh, Pastor Tina uh, shared. Um, are we afraid that they are going to change things? Mm. Because if they are going to change things, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm yeah. saying. All right. well, Listen, each of my co-hosts got to tell a story. I got to tell one, too. I'm going to redeem some of <laughs> Tina's time. She left off the front. <laughs> Listen, I, I was I was getting ready to do an evangelistic meeting, and, and I was waiting for my adult personal ministries team to come and to have our meeting. During that time, my little kids are running around. It's after potluck and and parents are getting nervous about what are we going to do with the kids. So I call those kids in the room and I start having my evangelism meeting with those kids. I sit down and say, hey, look, we're getting ready to have a meeting. It's going to be this. Here's what I'm preaching every night. And I need some titles for my sermons. And so I started giving those kids. This is the story because the evangelistic series, I was doing a story. I think I don't remember what it was, but we were doing a story. And I said, here's the story. I need a title for this sermon. And out of that thing, I think out of the 12 nights, I got about seven sermon titles from those kids. And now because those kids were a part of the process, they were anxious to show up to invite their friends, all that kind of stuff. Mom, mom, it's time to go. We got to go. And so it's valuable. Just engaging them has, has crazy value. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. So, so listen, for your, from your research, your observations, I'm talking to our guests here, what seems to be the priority of the parents of alphas? Um, we, we, we know that this age group, they don't turn their key, they don't drive themselves, they don't, they, some of them don't make those major decisions. So it's the parents. What are, what are the priorities of the parents of the alpha uh, um, when it comes to things like church, faith, Christian education? What, what are some of the priorities? Those priorities, and I think, Tina, you mentioned it yesterday, uh, the priorities may still be the same, but the situation right now is so totally different. Uh, Right now, uh, a lot of parents are just surviving on a thread, just trying to do their work and their, their homeschool work and their housework. And all the work, all the work, they're just trying to get it all done and still have an intact family at the end of the day. So that has that has changed a lot, hasn't it, uh, during this COVID time? Um, I, for in my observation, uh, one of the biggest areas of concern um, is in social skills. Um, mm-hmm. So, so my son taught himself, we didn't teach him. My son taught himself to play Angry Birds at 19 months. Mm. He grabbed the phone and I was playing with it. And I put the phone down and I went to do something, I came back and he's messing with him. I'm like, oh, okay, it'll occupy him for a while. No, it occupied him for over an hour till he figured it out and he hasn't put a device down since. Um, now that's cool, but here's the thing. Um, he's he's he he went from that to getting a tablet. He's reading on the tablet. He's watching videos on the tablet. To 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 he's doing Bible studies on the tablet. He's uh he's being babysat by the tablet. He's he then graduated from that to now he's going to school on the tablet. tablet. His in 
entire existence is through a blue screen. And to the point where uh, uh, this year, when we shut down the world in March, his interaction with his friends the last seven months has been through the tablet. Tablet, yeah. And so, so, so the social skills he's supposed because they change every day at this age. He's eleven. They're changing all the time. There's skills that he has to learn about about dealing with rejection and dealing with choosing friends and how to manage all of those. He's not learning that because you, we're, and we interact through that. So my one of my chief concerns is his social skills. What where's he going to get that from? You can't. You can you can wave to your friend, but y'all can, there's no play dates. There's no going to the park. All of that's gone. Mm. All of the uh, and all the skills that we we learned as a result, th- those things we've got to teach them in other ways. You know, um, the family has gotten closer, mm. but the, but 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 you still got to go back out into this world, and you have to have mastered those skills if you're going to do well out there. Um, uh, yeah, and the and the mental health impact of the uh, uh, of this is it's a major concern. Yes. Yes. Um, I would add to that, uh, for me, my concern is, you know, okay, so I'm, 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 I'm pushing 40 and uh, go, go, speaking to uh, Pastor Francois's point about them being babysit by the tablet, I'm thinking to myself, y'all got to learn how to just learn how to use your brains, be creative, like where <laughs> there is, there's still got to be that element of don't be afraid that when you walk outside, you know, you see a bunny rabbit, don't, you know, freak out. It's just part of regular life. Uh, you got to still have some life skills. You still got to be able to use your brain to figure out things. And so I worry about their level of just natural uh, think, natural thinking, uh, cr- creativity. Naturally, yes, they can be creative in other ways, but not to neglect their natural capacities to uh, to be and exist and process in life apart from uh, technology. Mm. Yes, that, that, that reminds me, Tina, of something that I saw not long ago, um, this scavenger hunt game that you can purchase. And the whole premise of it is, is to go in your backyard mm-hmm. and find these different things. And uh, boy, yeah, get the kids outside and experiencing outside. But you're right here. We do, we do have something of grave concern right now, which is the mental health of our children. And that's mm-hmm. just being exploded all over the Internet right now is is how do parents deal with that but more than that too is how do parents deal with um children who are having mental health issues but how do children deal with their parents who are having mental health issues wow wow (laughs) and so yeah it's a it's a crazy world we live in and what a blessing and opportunity it is for us in the ministry to be able to grapple with these things and to um, be able to discipleship and to mentor our parents and our kids. Yeah, that's serious. Cause I, I mean, as, as pastors, you know, we're going to get up in the pulpit and tell children to obey your parents in the Lord and to, <laughs> and to honor your father and thy mother. And some of their fathers and mothers are just, cr- I mean, they, they are yeah. falling <laughs> off the edge and, yeah. um, and that kids are looking at you like you don't know my mama, um, right. you know, <laughs> and that's yeah. So yes. so listen, so so let let let's. I I I want to ask this next question, um, from the perspective of of somebody like me who's a pastor or a children's ministry leader. One of the biggest challenges that that often we find is that from the church perspective, when it comes to 
programming for spiritual things for kids. Um, we, we are planning programs, planning events, and we don't even oftentimes know if the children want to be there because we can't motivate the parents to bring them. Right, mm. right. So you've got Pathfinder directors having Pathfinders every Sunday and you've got one kid showing up or two kids showing up. One is their grandkid, one is their niece or nephew, but they can't get their millennial parents or, 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 or even almost Zer parents, millennial parents to bring mm-hmm. them. What is it? So, so what is it that seems to either be working or not working at motivating parents to engage their children in spiritual things? Um, I'll jump in. So in my conference, um, the best children's pastor we have by uh, this bar none is Pastor Mark Raphael. And he mm-hmm. is the associate pastor at the Oakwood University Church. I think what makes him stand out and, and do, as well as he does is because he really he, he put like what we talked at the beginning about there's a lot of effort and intentionality resources and he's speaking their language you know there i think there's a lot of times where we claim that things are for kids but they're really just you know they look like kids but they're talking to us but mm-hmm. the things that he does are specifically designed he's speaking their language he's making it look the way that they're used to, accustomed to seeing things and there's a budget behind it and so when I think as a parent. Oh, wait, 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 wait. There's a what? As a parent? No, no. You said there no, was no, something. You said that, there was something, that, something behind the, it. The, the B word. Before that. The budget. Oh, budget. Oh, 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 yes. The B word. Yes, okay. budget. Yeah. So there's there's money that he's being given in order to do the things that he's doing. And so as a parent, when I see that he's able to do things he's doing it with intentionality with creativity in a way that speaks and minister to kids and they get excited about that they're excited so they're going to annoy me and i gotta you know get them up because they want to go and uh and i think that um oh lord i'm having a moment where i'm rambling as a pastor and i don't even know where i'm going with what i'm saying have mercy. This is this is Sabbath for that. So, uh, so I'll jump. I'll jump in. I'll jump in and finish. Thank you. I'll save me. Save me, somebody. We, we, we have to take the inspiration, put the energy, the effort, and the resources yes. behind it to make it happen, there and not go. just assume that a yes. warm body in the position equal, right. uh, with the title equals a, yes. a a relevant minister, or yes. just doing something does yeah. not equate to being effective. Yes. We we we've got to do the research. We've got to we've actually ha- we actually have to understand the the, the task before us. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a class I took not too long ago said we we underestimate simple simple um simple simple tasks. The task seems simple because we said it in one brief statement. Mm-hmm. But the but when we b- actually break it down, we realize there are all of these requirements that have to be met in order for us to confidently say we did this. And and when we apply that to children's ministries, that's that's the way we need to view this. Mm-hmm. Children's ministries is not a babysitting service. Mm-hmm. It is an actual ministry to the future leaders of our church and our world. Right. And that's if right. we really embrace how precious this opportunity is, we mm-hmm. won't be so nonchalant about it. I, I have to be I have to be honest with you. Um, I really I, I was excited about children's ministries prior to being a children's ministries leader right now. 
But now that I'm a children's ministries leader, um, the, the, my eyes are like wide open. It's, it's more than just um, lower, lower grade Sabbath school. It's more than just um, doing children's story at the 11 o'clock hour. It's more than just having a Christian uh, a, a school attached to your church where you can teach the younger ones. There's a lot that goes into children's ministries that is, I think, even more intense than adult ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I think we sometimes miss that because we think, ah, oh, they're kids. They don't need this. They don't need that. But 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 there is more to it. There's more to to this. What what are some of the things um, as we as we are sharing here? What we talked of budget and resources. But how can a church that don't have any children's ministries, how can they get something mm. going? Wow. Well, go ahead. So I, I just wanted to circle back. Roger, that's a great question. And I just want to circle back and then come back to that. Is uh, And Tina, Tina, you were mentioning it in PR too. Um, and um, I was I have watched several of Pastor Raphael's um, Oaktown. And I've seen Graceville, which is uh, another one. And what, what one common denominator that they have is that they value their children. Yes. Yes. They verbally express that value and they give yes. their kids a voice yes. so that they can be heard. Yes. And as a parent, yes. if you value my child and That's you right. say from up front how much right. how, how much you value them, you bet I'll be there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will be there. So it's almost like taking, you know, you, you uh, take the child by the hand and then you have the parent by the heart. And so, uh, yes, we need to give our, our kids a voice and value what they say and um, appreciate them very much. Now, back to your question, uh, um, uh, Pastor Wade. <laughs> I already forgot what the question was. I got so excited. <laughs> <laughs> <Our kids. laughs> well, you know, we talked we talk about ministry, but, uh, you know, we have a lot of churches that may not have a children's ministries program. What, what, what are some of the things we can do to begin to have a children's ministries program um, in, in those churches? What, any, any ideas, any suggestions? That's a good question, because uh, I'll be honest with you. I don't have a children's ministry at my church. The only children at my church are <laughs> my children. <laughs> and so um, I'm trying to figure that out myself. Um, I, I know that for my kids, I, you know, they run well, prior to COVID. Uh, they were running the camera. I would, you know, my daughter would be a part of the worship service. But outside of that, um, and just trying to do things like harvest festivals and things that might appeal. Um, but I know that for me, practically, I'm still trying to figure that out. Yes, I, I believe that. Um, you you just mentioned a few things there, Tina, and this was great. Um is that we do definitely need to focus on the family. <laughs> and I don't say that promoting focus on the family. <laughs> <laughs> I really mean it. We need to focus on our families. Mm. And uh, because uh, the kids, you know, to have a children's ministry, you've got to have the adults bringing the kids and you've got to have the adults as the volunteers or the young adults or the, you know, the older teenagers. Uh, so it is a definitely family focus. So, um, if, if you intend on having a successful children's ministry, in my opinion, you can't do so with a lackluster adult discipleship ministry. Mm-hmm. I'm the one bringing the child to your church. Mm-hmm. 
and if you can't connect with me, I'm Ouch. not coming. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. Or, or you're going to come and drop them off. Mm. Maybe. Or my parents are going to come and drop them off. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I think there's an assumption. There's an assu- there's an assumption that if we have a great children's ministry, the adults will come. Yes. If there's a great children's ministry and a great adults wow. ministry, we all will come. Yeah, that's right. Because I want to be fed too. Here, here's the, here's the, here's, here's my own personal young, wow. young person gripe. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like we, we reach my generation effectively. And if, so if I, if I one day wake up and I'm 40 something and I've got kids and I've got a career and responsibilities and I don't know the Bible and I, and I consider myself a a mature Christian, but there are all these principles and skills of Christianity that I don't have. And I don't have a grapple on my own uh, strongholds and I don't have a grapple on my own uh, 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 spiritual discipline. And now, and now I'm being I'm being uh, I feel guilty that I have not instilled that into my child. Well, I can't instill what I don't have. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I need to be dis- I'm telling you, I need to be discipled. Mm-hmm. When you start discipling me, then I actually have a skill after hours to give to my child. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Wow. That's so, huge. So, so that's interesting that. um um. To, to actually minister to the alpha generation, we need to minister to the Gen Xs. Is, is, that, that, that's kind of what you're saying, right? That's well, exactly what I'm saying. Yes. And the millennials. And millennials. millennials, late, are the oldest Gen Zers that are having babies. Yep. David wow. Hunt says, hashtag lazy adult ministries kill, hashtag awesome children's <laughs> ministries. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Hey, that 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 says a lot for. So so let me let, let me ask this question. Um, we have we have um, we're in a contemporary culture. Um, what are some of the impacts? You know, a lot of we had a, a, saw a few um, comments that came up on the chat that talked about um, not having the marketers and the social and the sociologists are the ones who are really preparing to teach our children. Um, what 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 is the real impact on some of the contemporary culture on the on the alpha generation? Um, these are the generate. This is a generation that we think we're we're protecting. Um, granted, you, we did talk about the fact that they are getting the input from the from the screens that they have in their hands. But what what are what are some other other cultural things that are happening that impact this generation? Well, definitely uh, the race relations happening in this country. Our kids are sh- sure enough being um, affected by that. Uh, I told this story last night and I'll tell it again. Um, I think that I'm watching the news and keeping myself informed just on the basis of being an informed human in this country. Um, but my, my daughter in particular is, you know, she's paying attention and I'll never forget. I got pulled over in Tennessee for my tinted windows. That's literally what I got pulled over for. I wasn't speeding. I didn't have expired tags. I got pulled over because my windows were tinted when the officer pulled me over, (laughs) (laughs) when the officer pulled me over, uh, and came to my window, my daughter had a strong visceral reaction because the police officer is white. Mm. And so her first thought, she started to have a meltdown. Um, and her and her response surprised me 
Because I'm like, what? what's wrong with you? And she was like, oh, my God, we're going to die. And I was like, Olivia, we're fine. She's like, no, he's a white police officer. We are black people and white officers mm. kill black people. Mm. And I'm thinking to myself, OK, I got to multi-manage wow. the, uh, a, my, my daughter who is believing that she's about to lose her life. And then a police officer really pulling me over for no reason. Uh, which may lend to part of her point, but uh, she's pat, she's 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 frantic. I'm stressed. Uh, I don't know what the officer is thinking, but it let me know that she's paying attention to. She's watching what's happening on the news, and she's finding herself being discouraged by the fact that not only are people who look like her dying at the hands of officers. But there's no justice. And when you have no justice, you have no hope. And it doesn't matter how many times I say to her, listen, I'm here. I'm right here. He hasn't shot me. He hasn't shot you. He hasn't shot anybody. It doesn't matter how many times I say that to her. The reality is she's seeing it on the news. It's being perpetuated everywhere. And this is the type of environment that they're growing up in in a climate where there is no justice, where their skin color is problematic. And they're trying to process and rationalize. How do I make sense of this? Do I belong here? Am I even safe here? And, and, And Pastor Tina, how old is she again? She's nine. She just turned nine. Wow. One of the hardest things for one of the hardest things as a parent was um, when I realized I had to shut off the TV from the news and I had to I had to manage what whenever he was on a device, I had to be present when he was on a device because this was during the time. This is after the whole Trayvon Martin uh, shooting. Then there was like a cascade of all of these violent videos, whether it's police or whether it was just people attacking people. And these videos were nonstop. And to watch his innocence ripped from him because he's looking at he said he was he asked me, why, why, why are the police? Why would the police do- and I'm and I'm like, whoa, well, I, I you can't even begin to understand this concept. And I'm trying not to emotionally react because now I'm weeping on the inside because mm-hmm. now I've got to teach you all this time. The police were the hero. The firefighter is the hero. Yeah. The army so- serviceman is a hero. You follow what I'm saying? And now I've got to tell you, beware. And I wasn't ready to tell a seven year old to beware. You follow what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So yeah, so now, so now, so now, because of because of this the, the um the world that they live in, they're drawing conclusions immediately based immediately. on the images that that are pervading the screen. Yes, and, and and one of the things that I tried to help my daughter understand, especially when I realized that okay, even though I don't show them this stuff, somehow they're still picking up on it. Uh, I said, Olivia, I've gotten I got pulled over and nothing happened, and we're able to drive home. She said, yes. That happened one time, but that doesn't happen every time. Mm. And it's the every time that is a concern for her. Mm. Yeah. So that brings up another question that I think, you know, j- just the exposure now to contemporary culture. Um, contemporary culture is a little different than for, for, for this generation from other generations. Um, how do you talk to a parent who is struggling with the amount of exposure that they give to their child just to the contemporary culture at large? I mean, years ago, I grew up in a house where my dad wanted a TV because uh, he wanted to watch the news and football. 
wink, wink. Um, and <laughs> mom, mom didn't want the, the, the TV in the house, period, at all. Because she, this was, you know, how old am I? This was 40-something years ago that she didn't want us exposed to contemporary culture through that avenue back then. What kind of an impact is contemporary culture having on our kids now? And, and how would you counsel a parent that's struggling with how much, how little, how do they, how do they uh, censor that? How do they um, meet that, uh, allow their kids ex to be exposed to it? That, nobody that wants is, to go. <laughs> I mean, that's the million-dollar question. <laughs> my son, my son is in a, a, a is in a uh, seventh day Adventist school, and in his seventh day in his, in his, in his sixth grade class, they are having political debates during their downtime. Not structured debates in the classroom. These are kids. And they're arguing from their various points of view of culture they have inherited through whatever means, you know. And they're argue and they are they are staunch about them, and 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 they're they're arguing over lifestyle and tolerance, and they're arguing over. I'm talking about legit, where he's getting in the car and he's a little upset because he didn't get to finish making his point and convincing the other side. And so, so the reality is they're wrestling with this stuff for real. They're, they're exposed to it. I mean, you could shut off all the TVs and stuff that, that you want, but once they interact with each other, the culture is right there. The, the issues, they're, they're processing this stuff right now. How it affects them, we can have a long discussion over. Um, but just, that, just as uh, someone wrote in the chat earlier, we we have to take control of the narrative. Yea, even bring up the subject before they learn about it and draw their own conclusion on that information. So you know, it's still true. It, this was true um, more than ten years ago, and it's still true today that the parent has the biggest influence on the children. And so, um, so here we are back again. Is that uh, it's important for us to to, I don't want to say it again, uh, to have focus on the family. <laughs> it, it is important for us to be there to mentor those young, young parents so that the influence that they do have on their children is solid spiritual uh, foundation. Uh, but you know what? You know, when that first question was, when that question was first asked, uh, Pastor Wade, it was like crickets. You know, and, and Tina, you were right. That is the million-dollar question. You know, how can we help a family navigate through all of this stuff that's coming at our children? And it's coming. It is already here and coming on them. Uh, and they're hearing it and seeing it. Uh, how do we nav help parents navigate through all of that? Yes, yeah, so that I, is the question. I think, I think some of it has to do with even how we, uh, I may be answering my own question, but how we, how we as adults yes. deal with it. I, I yes. think sometimes yeah. we, we think yeah. there's a magic way to deal, to shield our kids. I think, um, and especially in the Adventist church, we, we are good at trying to shield our kids. We shield them by um, putting them in the school, sending them away to boarding school, trying mm -hmm. to, you know, keep them in church all day long. Um, we do a lot of things trying to shield them. And sometimes that shielding um, from a kid's point of view can become the the trigger that forces them to want to learn more or know more about it. Pandora's box. Yeah, you, you've got that in, in our in our in our in our 
culture context. We tend to have that one parent who wants to take their kids, move out into the country, um, homeschool them, um, make sure that they, they're at every, they're, all of their kids' events. They, there's no sleepovers. There's no visits. There's no, you know, not, nothing that... And then the other one who just says, nah, they got to learn it sometime, so they might as well learn it now. So they're going to expose them to everything. They're going to sit down with the kid and, and watch the rated R movie with all the, you know, all the stuff in there. They're going to do that. And they said, as long as I'm with them, then I can guide them and, and, and talk to them about it. And you seem to have, you know, very polar responses to this question is there a middle ground should there be a middle ground is that just uh, up or, or as a church is that just something we say well that's between the parent and god is there some kind of direction that or, or counsel that we would give to those parents oh. Oh. <laughs> we're back to the million dollar question yes we are <laughs> Yes, we are, because, you know, you're actually stepping on a lot of toes there just with that question, uh, because there are some really, uh, really great homeschooling parents out there and uh, that that would argue a different way. And other parents that insist that their kids need to go to public school. And uh, so, yeah, that is the million dollar question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and it makes sense because um, there's no there's no manual for parenting. Yeah, right. <laughs> no manual and for child rearing. So it's like every you know everything is right in their own eyes. But but over the years, especially as we deal with this generation, um, we we need to be mindful that uh, the spiritual the spirituality of these kids are are, are important because it is a uh, there is a sense of there are some eternal consequences if we are not careful with our kids and how they are exposed. To, to culture, to, to things Hi. that are happening out there. Um, I want to, I, I kind of trying to stay away from the COVID situation because we want to jump on that in the next question. But, but we, we need to be mindful that their spiritual life is an important part of their life. And um, as parents, I, I tell my son this and I tell other parents this, I am responsible for my son's spirituality. It's not the school, it's not the church. It's me as yeah. a parent, and, mm-hmm. and even as a father, um, mm-hmm. it's even more, Im, um, more important that I help to train him, to shape him, and to prepare him to make those spiritual decisions. So, um, so, so let's, let's move to the next question as we get ready to kind of bring this down. Um, in our church, we have ministries such as Adventurers, Podfinders, Children's Ministry, Sabbath School, educational institutions um, that seem to be doing um, um, pretty well, um, making some adjustments. Some are not. Um, um, what? What? Maybe there are other additional ministries out there that are happening. What? What is it that the church is doing that is working, or not? Or, or what is it that's not working when it comes to when it comes to ministering to the Alpha Generation? Doing nothing is not working. Wow. 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 Doing nothing is not, not working. working. So, 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 uh, do you feel that the programs we have, um, are they, are they making an impact in the lives of our children? Right, let me, let me qualify what I said so that it doesn't get its own application in the perspective <laughs> of many. <laughs> Because I, I just ran through a few scenarios. <laughs> what is he saying? <laughs> All right. So so uh, I've I, I, uh, 
it's do do something do something um i think i think we i think we can't use oaktown as the as the the minimum standard and think that we have to at least do this or better or don't do, don't do anything uh, god forbid that's that's that cannot be that cannot be the minimum standard um i think what what makes children ministry powerful is that it's relationship based um my kids don't watch cartoons I've tried many times. They won't. <laughs> they think my cartoons are ancient, archaic, and low technology. So yeah. they're not going to spend two minutes Whoa. watching it, even though I think they're awesome. So, but but what they do, what they do like are immersion experiences. Mm-hmm. That what they do like is uh, 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 explaining um, using the their their current interests. So uh, one of the cool things that I did with my kids, I haven't aired, uh, uh, have not dared to air it yet, was that um, they like these goofy TikTok videos. Okay, we're going to make a TikTok video and we're going to implement some biblical principles or a Bible character or something like that in there. And so now I'm using something that they would spend time with anyway. But I'm trying to uh, imp- I'm trying to uh, 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 what's the word uh, infuse it. With, with the Bible, infuse it with some biblical teaching. We've got to meet them where they are. I think the day of come and get it is over or been over. We've yeah. got to go and get them, meet them in their territory, speak their language, use their culture. Yes, they do have a culture, an entire new slang that you and I are not privy to. They have reappropriated a lot of the words we used to use, and it now means something else. Yeah, and we've got to catch up. We've got to catch up and we've got we've got to now uh, uh, make sure that 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 saving their souls is the priority mm-hmm. and 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 uh, forwarding our traditional practices and stylings is not is inconsequential because at the end of the day, God doesn't care if you use this way or that way, as long as you found a way to get to him. Mm-hmm. So just in a nutshell, Pierre, what I heard you say <laughs> is uh, that we need to know our audience. Yes. We need to know our audience really well, uh, and our kids are our audience. And um, bringing with our audience, I mean, bringing our audience to us as our parents, which reminds me of that book that I, of um, the Fuller Institute wrote, Roger. Uh, growing uh, Young. Growing Young. Yes. No, Growing With. Growing with. with. Growing with. Great book. It is a great book. If uh, if you haven't read it, I en- highly encourage you to read Growing With. Great book. Listen, this this thing fascinates me. I know we don't have a lot of time left, but Pierre, as as you 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 broached that topic, I, I'm what's what's that's spinning in my head is how do these generations, how do they get this way, that they learn this way, that they operate this way? Is it nature or is it nurture? Do they come <laughs> out of the womb just being predisposed to, to these the elements of these profiles that we have created to them? Or, or are these things birthed out of things that they're, the stuff that the parents can't understand about their children, are they in fact outgrowths of, of a mimicking of that child? Uh, that child's mimicking of something that they saw in their parent. Um, where does it come from? I mean, because we're talking about kids who were 
three, four, five years old who are still um, uh, uh, displaying some of these characteristics that we say are characteristics of a whole generation. But is it characteristics of that generation or is it something that they picked up from? It's crazy. It's just let me attempt to answer that from an article I read in Forbes magazine. It said each generation is related to the former. The mm-hmm. only difference between them is that uh, is emphasis. They didn't come out with any new characteristic. Mm-hmm. They just emphasized one that was not emphasized in the latter. And mm-hmm. and they're, you know, immediately they become distinct and different. And so so tolerance was a big thing for millennials. But this next generation is about individual. They're, they're, they're claiming this is going to be the most entrepreneurial generation mm-hmm. of all time. Everybody... There's chances are most people will not have a job. They will be contractors Mm, and they're going to work when they feel like it. They're not interested in earning wealth. They're interested. They're interested in having experiences, having moments. They're going to go. They're going to go on vacation with the kids. They're going to go to China and not dream about it. They're going to go to to Alaska and not dream. of it. They're going to do these things. Because 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 this is what they emphasize. They saw mommy and daddy dream about a trip they never took, dream about retiring retirement that never happened, uh, claim a retirement package that they're going to enjoy one day, but never cashed in on. And there's that's not going to be my life. I'm going to do these things. And that's that's the anticipation. It's about emphasis. And so 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 what we what we have been showing them becomes inspiration up or down on how what the decisions they make moving forward. And that's exciting, isn't it, Pierre? That is so, and, and Pastor Tina, that is so exciting because this generation has that. And, and added to that, that technology, and if we can disciple them, they're going to take the gospel around this world in lightning speed. Yes. They're going to do it. They are yes. doers of wow. the word. Wow. Yes. Wow generation and i just absolutely love that i'm gonna hang on to their to their (laughs) coattails that's awesome so listen uh so i guess roger are we ready for this soft close man yeah we we go go okay All right. So we've got parents, we've got teachers, we've got uh, aunties and uncles and grandparents who were trying to raise kids in 2020 in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. They are trying to raise them or trying to train up a child in the way he should go. Um, from your experience, from your expertise, from your observations, uh, from your research even, what are two key points from each of you, if you can come up with something that you would leave as a word of advice or a word of encouragement or even a resource um, that would help um, people who are dealing with uh, Gen Alpha uh, come up with at this point? Whoever wants to go first, you can take it. I will just say again Take this generation outside and just play. Leave wow. the technology inside. Wow. Take them outside. Go for a bike ride. Go climb a mountain. Whatever it is, go canoe on a river. Uh, just take them outside and play. It's old school. I like it. Yep. Good stuff. <laughs> be, be, they need a be break. Be authentic. Be authentic. They they they're surrounded by by by. Uh, by uh, organizations and people who want to take advantage of them. And they will gravitate to that which is authentic, that that which is selfless, 
and that which has their best intentions in heart. They will always come back. I've seen where grandparents will get all of the business mm. that the parents never get out of the children because grandma is here only for your good. She will keep yes. your secrets. She won't judge you. She'll right. pray over you. She'll love on you. She'll hug you even if you're as wrong as two left shoes. But grandma, she's steadfast. And, and as a result, the grandson always, grandma, this is what I did. Grandma, this is what I'm struggling with. Grandma, this is what this is what I'm thinking about. And, and, and you've got to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're an aunt, an uncle, a grandparent, a godparent, you're here as in a supportive role. Be be that per, be the trustworthy person. The minute they detect dishonesty, it's over. Wow! Yeah. Wow! It's all about relationship, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and I'll just piggyback off of that. The word that uh, Pastor Francois used about support. Um, our kids need a whole lot of that, and I will say that they are showing us the little bit that they can understand about what they have to offer when they show you. And if you're paying attention, support whatever it is that they're doing. Move out the way and let them do their thing. And they will grow and mature. They'll either, either A, it'll be a waste of time, or B, they'll move on to something else. But we have to move ourselves out the way and allow them the room to grow and try and be and exist in this world just as we had to. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting, um, you know, some of our comments that are coming through, uh, very good comments this week. Um, but, you know, when I did my research in the Alpha Generation, one of the key things they shared about was, yeah, they are very ahead technologically, but they're very behind socially. And yeah. they crave that social interaction. And we see that even with COVID right now, mm -hmm. that a lot of our alphas, uh, they want to go to school, they want to connect with their friends, they want to, mm -hmm. so, so the, you know, a social connection, as you were sharing, going outside and playing, and, and uh, it's, it's key to this generation and helping, helping us to understand and to minister to them. <laughs> Amen. All right. Well, listen, we have had just a wonderful discussion. Every time we have one of these discussions, we always know we can't get as deep and as as, as broad as I know a lot of people are wanting information, um, even more information and resources. So we just want to thank our guests today for your time, for your willingness to come and share um, the, the wealth of, of expertise and, and knowledge that you do have. Um, we know that you all have other ways that people can get in touch with your ministries and things that that you are doing. Um, um, uh, Elder uh, Francois is the Children's Ministry Director for the Southeastern Conference. We're going to put a link for uh, his ministries that if you are a part of Florida Southeastern Conference, how you can get in touch with him. Um, uh, Dr. Sherry is at the North American Division. We've got some links and things that we're going to put up on the page. Uh, and I don't know if they're up already. They may be up there already. But we are just uh, so grateful, Doc, that you took the time to come and spend that with us here on a Sabbath afternoon at the Pastors Roundtable. Thank you so much for your contribution to this conversation. Um, we're asking those of you just watch the group page, watch the page page um, so that you can find out some of the myriad of resources that are available to your local church children's ministry through the North American Division. And then Pastor Tina, I actually do have some stuff I want to um, make our audience aware 
aware of that you have in the works. Um, some really interesting stuff. Mm -hmm. Our screen is going to have to change for a quick minute here. Um, so I can get to that. All right. Um, let's see. Tina, this was um, just very fascinating when I saw, is this the right one? This. You guys are going to get a kick out of this. It's going to look really kind of funky for a minute there. But yeah. P. K's preach Saturday, January 9, 2021. She's not just talking about it. She's being about it. We've got, she's got her guest speakers. You guys were in the chat talking about leaders. Let them lead. Well, Tina is doing it. She's got guest speakers and you see their ages. there. all of them. Gen alphas, um, first Adventist church, the Hill South Atlantic conference, all of those sponsoring that take note of that. Take a screenshot. We're actually, we're going to put this uh, up on, our page as well so that mm -hmm. you have a chance to can tune into that that's coming in january so she's putting in some prep time to make sure <laughs> that they are good yeah. and so, so 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 let, let me ask this question uh pastor tina what 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 led you to do something like good this question so what led me to do it is that uh my daughter has been taking note of the fact that i have a lot of zoom preaching and zoom things that i've been doing and she's like mom what about us and so every time that i finish with a sabbath service you know my kids put on a kid uh service for me and and, and my daughter designated herself as the preacher and so one day uh as i was sitting and she was preaching her sermon to me i was like hmm, you actually got something going on there <laughs> And uh, and so she just needs a platform. And, you know, if we give the children the opportunity to lead, they will lead us. And the Bible says that in the last days, his spirit is going to pour out on all flesh. And that includes kids. And that's why I keep saying we have to be willing to move out of the way and let the Holy Spirit use our children because he is already gifting them. And then so with her and then there were other PKs that I knew of who were involved in speaking. And so I was like, you know, let's just pull everybody together. Y'all take over the whole virtual service. You preach, you sing, you pray, and we're going to just let the Holy Spirit use you all as he has seen. Yeah. Amen. Awesome. That's Excellent. phenomenal, Amen. phenomenal, yes. phenomenal. Well, listen, there are some other resources we're going to make sure that we put up on the page for, so that you can uh, track down our guests and see some of the other things that they are engaged in when it comes to ministry to our alphas and children's ministry. Again, we just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm seeing the comments in our in our chat. Uh, people are just so thrilled and, and excited about the content and what they've heard from our guests today. So thank you again so much. Um, this is our generation series. This was part yes. three. We've got yeah. part four coming up next week, Roger. And I'm excited about part four because part four of the generation series is on the data. You ready now? You ready now? I'm ready. Drum roll. Gen Xers in the house. Wow. All Busters, right. As they're also known. Um, and, and what is interesting about that? That's our generation. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. You yeah, know, busters are, are after us. We, we, oh. I'm going to I'm wearing my Dwayne. Wayne, what is it? Dwayne Wayne. What's the thing? Oh, man. My in living color Dwayne glasses. Wayne not, glasses. Yeah, my Dwayne <laughs> Wayne glasses. I'm coming strong. Cosby kids, all of that. That's Generation Xers. We're going to be with us today. One of our guests that's been in the chat today is going to be with us. Um, he is none other than Chaplain Lieutenant Colonel Jorge Torres. Um, he is one of our military chaplains. He's a Gen Xer. He's going to be with us on next week. We've got also, here's the drum roll. Go ahead, Roger. Yes, We've we got have with us the 
the Dr. Myron Edmonds. Myron Edmonds is going to be with us as a Gen X. Is he a Gen X? I had to. I had some. I need to check his stuff. Is he a millennial? Yeah. All right. But Myron Edmonds is going to be with us on next week. Um, and we've got a mystery guest. Y'all know what that means. When we say mystery guest, that means we haven't nailed that one down yet. So that's cold. <laughs> so we've got a, our mystery guest is, is also going to join that panel on next week. We're excited about that as we talk about the role that Gen X has in engaging the mission of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, um, the structure of the church. It's going to be a fascinating conversation. Um, some of you mentioned in the chat today, why did not we had, I wanted to get this. Why didn't we have Roger? Why didn't we have any alphas on the program today? And we talked about it. We, yeah. we wrestled with the idea. We just felt that we, it would be hard to get a five-year-old to sit here for an hour and a half to, to engage the, the conversation. Um, but yes, we might have to see if we can work that out. But again, thank you all so very much. We are excited about what we heard today. Make sure you stop by the page later on. Get some of these resources that will be posted there. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel if you have not clicked that little bell so that every time we go live, you will get notice of when we are live here at the Pastors Roundtable. Make sure you join the YouTube group, not just the page. Many of you are following the page, but you haven't joined the group yet. Join the group as we give away those gifts that we'll be giving away at the end of the month. You will not be eligible unless you are a part of that group. So make sure you go ahead and join the Facebook group so that you can get that. Roger, can they see your mic? I have a, that lower third is covering your mic. Well, that's one of the gifts that we're going to be giving away. Some of you are looking to, to expand your reach into the virtual space um, and how you do that. That is going to be one of those things that we're going to be giving away. So make sure you join that group. One more thing that uh, we want to make you aware of. Pastors Roundtable is sponsoring an event tomorrow in South Florida, um, part of several organizations that are sponsoring this event. Um, we have been pushing, and many of your pastors and churches, and, and, and you've been pushing you to vote, to get out there and exercise your right to vote. Um, and one of the things that we want to make sure is that people don't just vote, but they know what they're voting about. And so pastors in Broward County have gotten together, Broward County, Florida, have gotten together and said, we're going to have a live stream on tomorrow afternoon at 5 p.m., where we are going to walk through the ballot, the issues that are on the ballot. Now, we're not telling you what party to vote for or how to vote, but we're going through those six statewide issues in the state of Florida. We have a couple of our state senators that are going to be joining us on that live stream. And this is being brought to you by the Adventist Church in Broward County, sponsored by the Quarantine Revival, also sponsored by the Pastors Roundtable. If you have a chance, if you're in Florida, you want to check that out. And we just want to thank the, the team at Pastors Roundtable for, for helping helping uh, to, to sponsor that. We're looking forward to that. God bless you, everybody. Roger, you're going to take us one, out. Yeah, we have one more. We have one more announcement we need to make. Yes. Um, in terms of our timing. Oh, right. Um, as you know, as we know, the sun is setting uh, earlier. And so we had the Pastors Roundtable. We actually had a brawl, a fight. We were trying to figure <laughs> out what should we do? Should we move it? Should we not move it? And so um, we just want to let you know that at the beginning of November, uh, we will actually be starting one hour earlier. Uh, we know that many churches are going to be moving their services to be uh, begin earlier to, to take into account of the Sabbath um, ending earlier. So we thought we will do the same thing here at the Pastors Roundtable. So we will begin on November the, I think it's the 7th, we will begin at 3 p.m. Eastern. 
3 p.m. Eastern. That would mean 2 p.m. Uh, Central, 1 p.m. Mountain, and uh, noon uh, out in the Pacific. So uh, uh, pray for us as we make that adjustment. Please put that in your calendar so you do not miss when the Pastors' Roundtable starts in November when we start at 3 o'clock. Because here at the Pastors' Roundtable, we aim to help you keep ministry relevant, resourced, and real. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Thank <laughs> you.